Hey there, I'm Ryan. I've managed products at high growth companies like Weebly and Verb, and now I run my own startup, Sprig, an all-in-one research platform. In each episode of the People Driven Products podcast, our team talks with product managers, user researchers, and designers at some of the most successful customer-centric companies in the world to learn how they build products people want and love. Welcome to the show, Vlad. Thanks for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about your PM journey so far? Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, I, I can definitely tell you a little bit more about how I broke into product management. So initially, I started my career as a software engineer, but after coding and doing some web designing for about six months, I quickly realized that it's just not something I want to do for eight hours a day. And we had an opening in my company. Actually, the, the founder wanted to hire first product manager, but obviously I wasn't qualified for that. I just entered the workforce, but I said, hey, let's 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 give it a try if you're willing to, you know, give me the opportunity to show myself because I feel like I can be more, you know, customer focused and I don't want to be doing the coding work all day long. So I want, I want I want to try something else. And he said, yeah, sure, let's let's give it a try. And I've been working as a product manager since then, since you know I turned from software engineer to a PM at my first company, Sparklesoft. Then I moved to the United States and I joined Golands, a startup that builds a platform that connects freelancers and uh, clients. Basically, it's it's somewhat similar to Upwork, uh, freelancer.com, or Elance, if you heard about them. So we were new to the market and we were trying to compete with these big giants. Yeah, it was pretty good good to join that company as their first PM because um, I was able to learn quite a lot and build out all the initial processes, go-to-market strategy, and I I hired a lot of people. So it was a blast. And yeah, after that, I decided to try myself in a bigger company. So uh, I joined eBay. And at eBay, I worked on many different things. I worked on internal products, external products, and after that, I joined OfferUp as a principal product manager, where I currently focus on experimentation and business intelligence. Super helpful context before we jump in today. And I know you're very tapped into the product management community. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about you know, some of the resources that helped propel you to where you are today. And just any sh- shout outs for companies that you're a part of or other you know, communities, books, podcasts that you would recommend our listeners? So one book that I really like, and I consider this book as a, and some people might disagree with me, as a holy grail of product management, it's Cracking the PM Interview. So I read that book probably like five times, and it definitely helped me a lot to prepare for my PM interviews. Although some people told me that it's, you know, it's obsolete, that it doesn't have the most up-to-date information. But I believe even still, if you read this book, you'll find quite a lot. And every time you read it, you discover something new, you memorize a new framework. So there's still a lot, a lot of helpful information. And um, about some things that I do. So I started a product management community called Product Management Mastermind. We have a group on Facebook. And I believe now we have pretty close to 4,200 members in the group. The group is growing pretty fast. 
So the reason why I created this group is that I, I realized there is a, a big problem with the whole product management, you know, job storage and uh, like people didn't know how to develop product skills properly, how to find product jobs. So I decided to create a community where I could help these people uh, break into product or transition from software engineering, design, marketing to product, level up from senior PMs to principal PMs and so on. Yeah, in this community, we have people from all around the world. We have people from United States, Canada, Europe, India, China. It's a good place to connect with like-minded PMs and PM wannabes. Yeah, another thing I created is uh, it's uh, called uh, an ultimate guide to becoming a product manager. So I consider it as a product management 101 mini book. It has essential advice for everyone who wants to break into product. Basically, if you have no idea what product management is, what product managers do, and you're thinking about becoming a PM because you heard from your friend that being a PM is cool. So I highly recommend reading that just to familiarize yourself with concepts a little bit more and understand if being a PM is something you want to do. Awesome. And before we jump into the guide, on the community, what are some of the themes that you often see in the broader product management community that you're an admin of? What's really top of mind for product managers today? Yeah, one thing I see, like especially in my community and also in a few other communities, one thing that I see popping up more and more is how to manage stakeholders, especially from people who work for bigger companies with a lot of uh, different products and features that are all in you know interconnected so it becomes harder for folks to manage these relationships with executives engineers designers and external vendors so that's one topic another topic is obviously how do i find a job as a pm how do i go from mid-level pm to senior pm things like what frameworks i need to know how do i analyze metrics you know these 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 types of things and this is something that i saw People asking five years ago, and they they still keep keep asking similar questions. It's just that the difference between now and five years ago, like questions remain the same, but answers change over time because big companies like Google and Facebook and others they set new standards for product managers. There, there are new advancements in technology, so product managers need to level up more and more over time. And obviously, people keep keep asking these types of questions. Got it. It's great to see an evolving industry and field. And what's a new skill that you've seen emerge over the past several years across these resources that maybe a product manager didn't need to be as versed in three to five years ago? I've seen quite a lot of people showing more interest in data analysis. And obviously, some people consider data analysis a separate field. And they're like, hey, we have business operations people or data analysts to do these types of things. But more and more product managers show interest in data analysis. And obviously, they're not trying to become experts because if you want to be an expert data analyst, you probably should be a data analyst, not a product manager. Like your job is not to analyze data all day, dig in spreadsheets and write Python code that extracts data from external systems, right? But I think as a PM, every, every PM should know how to summarize the data, how to make sense of the data that was sent to a product manager by a data analyst and just just see the data trends like obviously 
you don't you don't want to be like maybe want to be fluent in data, but at least you need to understand what's going on. Just just know know how to analyze simple graphs, how to see business trends, and uh, understand how data impacts your decisions, and obviously how to use data to decide what to build next. And given our theme here is people-driven products, I know in your guide you do cover a lot about research and talking to customers. What are some recommendations and techniques that you recommend for for someone who has experience talking to customers, they understand what research is, but they really want to go into, really level up their skills into more an advanced skill set? Yeah, so regarding customer research, again, for for someone who's, who's new, I would just recommend an easy way, just find out who your customers are, book a call with a few of them, talk to them on the phone or chat over email, just learn about their, their problems, try to find out what they really want, what they're struggling with, you know, simple, old way, right? But as you become more senior or, for example, if you work for a B2C company where you can't always talk to the user one-on-one or your users are not as technically savvy, that, that's where you need to use a more of a data-driven approach. For example, people set up forms where they capture data and then they use you know they use different data analysis techniques to extract insi- insights from this data so i think that's that's the skill every product manager should develop just just to sum it up first skill is knowing how to talk to customers and uh, understand what their pain points are second skill is knowing how to analyze customer data and customer signals and then understand how to translate all that into features and you know there are many different tools on the market to do that simple old google forms and google spreadsheets but also software like user leap yep that's why we're here to give that system that framework for anyone to easily collect that qualitative data to talk to their customers and then going back to your guide i know that you have some other really great nuggets of information what are maybe one or two other takeaways that would maybe encourage the listeners to really dig in? One or two sound bites or nuggets that you think are most interesting about the guide? Guide will be very helpful if you're a new PM or if you consider becoming a product manager. So again, guide mainly talks about how to find your first job in product, what product managers do difference between product managers and project managers. I look through it. I really recommend anyone who is looking to break into product management. Moving back to you know some of the learnings that you've had and moving on from the group coaching into some of the blogging that you've done. And I know you've written some articles around you know your successes as a product manager and you've done a lot of great things in the community and as a product manager, but also some of the failures and been more open about, you know, some of the areas where maybe you in hindsight wish you would have done things perhaps a little bit differently. Help us, you know, understand maybe one or two of those opportunities that you identified and what some key takeaways could be for the audience that's listening. Yeah, uh, I definitely had my fair share of failures as a PM and uh, also as a business owner. So I think actually one one skill, for example, one skill that I really look for in product managers is that entrepreneurial bug. I think every great product manager is 
an entrepreneur, maybe maybe even a little bit. And most product managers I know they at least tried something like that, like a side project, or you know they have a community, or they they do some consulting on the side. They they help people. So most product managers that I know have that. Yeah, and obviously I I had my my own side hustles and businesses. I can actually provide one fail example from my PM experience and one from my business experience. So first, when I joined eBay, the first project I was working on, as I, as I mentioned already, was internet search, right? And I just thought, okay, I can, I can come in and start building stuff. I'll gather user feedback. I'll build something and give it to them. You know, if, if stuff breaks, these are internal users, right? I can, I can always come back and, uh, you know, fix it. Not, not a big deal. And I was very wrong because these customers knew exactly what they want. And, uh, my first launch was very far, very far from perfect simply because I didn't build exactly the solution that these people were looking for because again, I didn't have much experience working with internal stakeholders. I work with external customers that don't normally give you direct feedback. So you have to rely on your user research data and some internal metrics, and then you build something. And uh, if you're an early stage startup, you hope that it works. If you're a more mature company, you can estimate if it's going to work or not. But obviously, there's always some risk. So yeah, my my first launch was eBay. Uh, my first launch at eBay was far from perfect. I wouldn't say it was a failure, but there was a lot of things that I learned from after the launch. Another failure, which was actually, I think, a bigger one since some personal finances were involved. This was a failure from one of my e-commerce businesses. So me and my friend started uh, an e-commerce store on the side. We started doing what's called drop shipping. This is basically where you don't own any products and you just uh, find a supplier that ships the product from the warehouse. So you make a sale first, and then you make an order, and your supplier ships the order directly to the customer. So you don't have a lot of risks since you don't own any inventory. However, if you don't own any inventory, you can't really control the quality or shipping speed and many other things. And that's um, where I get hit really hard. So uh, we actually found a really good product, which was a portable water ionizer. We started scaling this product very fast through Facebook ads. We made hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales with uh, some decent profit margins. And then when we decided to actually turn this product into a brand, our supplier went out of business. They said that they're not going to make any more of these units. And then another supplier, my backup supplier I worked with, they just screwed me because they didn't ship more than a hundred orders that I placed with them. So our customers started requesting refunds and then my PayPal account got blocked and then restricted. And then they, uh, you know, started collecting money back from me. So, uh, yeah, it was a big, 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 big mess, but it was a side hustle. And, uh, you know, I got all of that financial stuff figured out and customers finally got their products. But I learned a lot about risk management, not relying on uh, you know one supplier, not relying on one source of traffic. And uh, I also learned that I have to do a more rigorous quality control when it comes to products. Yeah. Got it. And any takeaways there 
from just understanding your customers, customer communication. I know that must have been a very difficult time for both sides. Sounds like some things outside of your control. But what did you learn about how to communicate with those customers and and really build something that ships something and offer an experience that worked for both sides? A funny story with uh, with this. When I started receiving a lot of customer complaints, I thought, okay, I just, I don't want to deal with it. I'm just going to hire someone. So I went on Upwork and hire a virtual assistant to help with some customer support. And I thought that I interviewed more than five people. I found a good person. And I thought that this person is just going to solve all my problems. So, and then I hired another person. So I started throwing people at the problem without understanding the problem myself, simply because I just didn't want to deal with it. I thought, okay, I'm a, you know, this is my website. This is my business. I want to focus on sales. I want to focus on product. I want to focus on dealing with customer issues, right? But that's exactly what I should have focused on because then when these people that I hired started failing, right, they didn't do a good job because, you know, they didn't understand the product. They uh, didn't have great systems because as a business owner, I should have built these systems for them. The whole thing started falling apart. And then I slowly started doing customer support myself. And that's when I learned a lot about you know, quality issues with the product, about shipping times. Obviously, I knew about these problems before and I had ways to remedy them. I just didn't know the depth of these problems because at some point I just started receiving more than 20 customer tickets a day. And it was just not sustainable for me to respond to these tickets and work a full-time job. So that's the reason why I decided to outsource it, but I shouldn't, should have never outsourced it before understanding what exactly the problem is and what is the, the scale of the problem. Do things that don't scale and then perhaps hand it off once you really know how it works, who to look for. So it's something that um, is really great advice for anyone. And I think that's really true for a company at scale. Maybe you're spinning up a new function or launching a new feature. Maybe a founder just getting started. Do things that don't scale, learn on your own before handing it off. So really great advice there. And then before we wrap up, I know that you've really dissected and read a lot about finding product management jobs. And what are some strong qualities that you look for when hiring or giving advice to product managers in the hiring cycle? Yeah, so one main quality I look for is malleability. And what I mean by that, I think ideal PM should be able to figure things out no matter what product they're working on. And you can see this a lot in companies like Google, eBay, Stripe, and probably also Facebook many of them tend to hire generalist PMs. And that's why they have a lot of these interview rounds where they ask you strategy questions and ask you to improve different products that you might not be familiar with. For example, when I interviewed with Google, they asked me like, hey, how would you build Walgreens in India, right? Or how would you improve a product for disabled people? And also a few strategy questions that I wasn't familiar with. So they want to see how you how you perform in conditions that you were not prepared for right and that's where malleability comes into play like if you know if you have a strong foundation if you know 
frameworks, if you know market dynamics, if you know how to analyze metrics, you'll figure it out. Even if you're not familiar with the problem, if they give you enough time, you'll figure things out. You will find the data. You'll find a way to talk to customers. You will understand what the problems are. And uh, I think that's that's where product managers actually bring the most success to the company. But that's, that's where they excel is in uh, figuring out the problems and then working with the team to find the solutions, even if they are not an expert in the industry or a domain. But obviously for some industries like uh, medicine or finance, having that domain expertise is important. But even in these industries, things change very rapidly. Like even in finance, we now have Bitcoin, Ethereum, all these cryptocurrencies and, uh, you know, financial requirements, uh, you know, and all these credit bureaus and things are always changing. So you constantly need to evolve and uh, develop new skills. And that's, that's where qualities such as malleability, constantly learning and improving come into play. Yes, totally agree. And I think any role for anyone, for someone at a high growth company is changing every three to six months. And I think product managers, it's even more so you're in your product areas, new experiences, and you really needing to figure out. And a lot of that often requires self-learning. So digging into those online resources, taking those coaching classes, reading those guides, talking to other product managers in the space, learning what's working and not working, knowing that your, your hand will not be held along the way. Someone's not going to be there you know, to tell you what to do. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. And so really, really great advice for anyone looking. Wrapping up, what's your top piece of advice for other product managers who want to create products people love? Yeah, so the first piece of advice is a bit obvious. Think about your users first, figure out what their problems are, find a way to solve these problems efficiently, build stuff that will keep people in your app or on your website and give your users a reason to come back. So that, that, that one is obvious and you'll probably hear this from... A lot of people, a lot of product managers. The second piece is a bit more controversial. I would say don't get really deep into the weeds of execution. Based on my experience and observations, many product managers focus on the details and processes too much. And this is uh, actually where project management versus product management war stems from, right? Yes, the you know these product managers have their stories and epics organized. They have their requirements and documents uh, all tidy. They're always there for their engineers and designers. They always attend meetings on time. But when you go too deep as a product manager, you lose that strategic vision and you start focusing less on what's important for your users. And personally, I've been guilty of that myself as well. So I would say let your team figure out details that's what they're good at. Let your designers, engineers, and marketers work on the details. Focus on problems, focus on user needs, strategy, and go to market. Honestly, I wish someone told me this five years ago. <laughs> really great advice. And I think that as product managers, it is kind of easy to get sucked into what the team is doing today or working with engineering or design. But I found the best product managers look to actually avoid overlap for what they're focused on. And so I think you make a great point. As a product manager, you're uniquely capable of thinking around the product vision, the product strategy, talking to the customers. Those are the things that your engineers are not going to be doing, your designers are not going to be doing. So really avoiding that overlap, making sure that you're 
bringing unique contributions to the table that you know your team is not going to be doing. It's certainly not in their job description or, or their responsibilities. So really great advice to wrap up with. Vlad, thanks so much for being on the show. Some really great insights and takeaways for aspiring product managers and those who are already on the product management journey around how to create products people love. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Thanks for listening to this episode of People Driven Products. If you'd like to request a guest for a future episode, go ahead and email marketing at sprig.com. If you want a platform that can help you make customer-informed product decisions in real time, be sure to check out sprig.com. Let's face it, most product managers and designers don't conduct user research as much as they would like to because the process of pulling lists, sending email surveys, and finding interview participants is slow and time-consuming. And at larger companies with in-house user research teams, researchers are often rushed through projects to meet aggressive deadlines or product teams forego research from the research team because there's not enough time for it. That's why I started Sprig to help product and research teams learn from their customers at the speed of modern product development with asynchronous video interviews, concept testing, and microsurveys. Sprig is used by over 600 startups, hyper-growth companies, and enterprise product teams like Dropbox, Adobe, Loom, and Square. Try it free or learn more at sprig.com.